Just want to get out there somewhere? It's time to get off the grid with the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. Thanks to OCAM 4x4 Accessories, Auto One, Distinctive Image, Outback Signs, and Coldy's Tow Bars and Bull Bars. And welcome to the latest edition of the Red Dirt Podcast with, of course, Rick O'Brien and myself, the Duck, as we sit here, shoot the breeze, and just talk about getting off the grid and try and give you what the uh, what the latest news is and what's happening around the four-wheel driving camping scene as well. And each week we try and get this podcast to you and we certainly thank everyone who has uh, sent us messages and emails who are wrapped that the uh, podcast is back on. Well, it wouldn't be the uh, Duck and Rico's Red Dirt podcast without Rico, who's sitting here with me now. Rico, how are you, mate? Mate, loving life. How about yourself? Oh, well, mate, I'm doing the best I can with the equipment I've been provided with, Rico, which isn't a lot, son, let me tell you. <laughs> Sitting here in my See You in the NT t-shirt today, which is... Yep. I love that brand. Yeah, I've got the, I've got the Mount Dare today. Yeah, Mount Dare Hotel. How good is that? Yes. I was actually talking to someone the other day about the Mount Dare Hotel. Best Two pub. people in town, they both run the pub. Best pub in the country. Yeah, do you like it? My favourite. Yeah, we were talking about pubs last week. That's your favourite, is it? It is. Yeah, right, okay, fair enough. Why is that? Because there's only two people in the town? Well, because everyone who's there is in a great mood. Yep. They've had an adventure to get there, and they've got an adventure ahead of them. Yeah, right, okay. It doesn't get any better. No, well, that's what we the, like. The tuck is great. The people are amazing. Yep. And it's it's God's country. Yep, happy days. Well, um, plenty of people will be planning to head across there soon anyway. We're not that far out. I noticed through the week, Rico, on some, um, some video footage and stuff on social media about Cape York and the old Telegraph track. Yeah, big wet season up there. Big wet season. The little bridge, it's basically two planks of wood going over a creek has washed away. A bloke's repaired it to some degree, but he's the only person that's gone over it, I think. <laughs> Look, it looked sketchy before, although mm. they reckon it was good enough to hold unimogs and stuff like that. The army would go in there and do training around mm. that area. But uh, I'll tell you what, it looked sketchy before. It looks real sketchy now. Yeah, and they reckon, like I've seen, um, obviously it's early. It's still, what, mid-May, um, but like places like Palm Creek, a lot of water Yep, over the bonnet. Yeah, it's only the real adventurous people... They yeah. head up there at this time of year, I reckon. Yeah. When do you, you like going up around October, don't you? I love it going right at the end of the season because yeah. there's no one up there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just blissful. You can go into Fruit Bad Falls and Twin Falls and all those little iconic spots and pretty much have the joint yourself. Yeah, not many people around. I know, um, well, what's usually, what, July is, is pretty good, August. July, August, you've still got, you still got water around in some yeah. of those crossings and, yeah. you know, if, if you like the challenge. Is there still a bit of, of water around in October? Oh, there wasn't a great. There is still crossings. Don't get me wrong. You yeah. still got Nolan's Brook and you yeah. know a bunch of all the others towards. What's the Nolan's like in October? Mate, I did it in the larder. No problem at all. Yeah, right. Okay, but where's the weather in October? Warming Magic. up. Magic. Magic. Yeah, right. Okay. Just spectacular. That's good food for thought. I mean, for people who because you, the, you've got to be careful when you do go. And the trouble is that a lot of people have to go school holiday time. Yeah. And that is a very, if you want to go up there when there's no one around, well, don't go then because that's when it's full on. When we went up there, it was just at the end of school holidays. So everyone's coming back. Yeah. So um, it wasn't too bad. And you talk about Fruit Bat Falls, there was only us and probably about three or four other little groups in there. Really yeah. quiet. Well, we did it at that time of the year to show people that you don't need to have all your ducks in a row to, to go to Cape York. It's mm. not as challenging. 
as it is early on in the season if you go at the right time. So yeah. people think it's only for the hardcore four-wheel drivers and, mm. and the ultra-experience. That's not the case. Yeah. You know, with a, a basic four-wheel drive with some, and we say this all the time, decent tyres, some frontal protection and yeah. some decent suspension. Have a winch. Uh, and a, a winch is a bonus. Yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah. you can go and do pretty much all of the old telly track yeah. if you go at the right time. Yeah. yeah. You don't necessarily have lockers and things like that. No. Look, it yeah. certainly helps and it, it takes the pressure off your vehicle and it takes the, the, the pressure winch, off the, the winch and The winch recovery gear is probably a fairly important part of it. Have a bit of a lift, two inch maybe. That's yep. it. You know, an inch on the tyres, it'll do. You'll do it. But yeah, it's just interesting because um, anyone heading there right now, I mean, they're in for a challenge. Too right, yeah. Especially after the wet season that we've had. That, the, the people that go at this time of the year are the people that are looking for the challenge and looking to challenge themselves and their vehicles and, mm. you know, make a, a genuine adventure of it because mm. there is the element of the unknown. How deep is the water going to be? Mm. Are there any crocs around after yep. a big wet season is always a question. Yeah, absolutely. Towards the end of the season. Now, before we get into it, mate, we want to make sure we get the temperature right on our aircon in here because you were just blowing up that it was freezing. Oh, mate, it was going to snow in here. Oh, mate, now, now. Now it's a sauna. Yeah, I mean, I've got it on auto, and it's I've just set it at 24 degrees. We'll see what that does, eh? Your mate Adam Harvey says the same thing. He yeah, says I know. it's freezing in here. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I, well, it's not too bad. I mean, I feel the cold. I never used to, but I do now. But anyway, we'll see the, how that works. So, mate, our um, our weekend away at Blue Lagoon Beach Resort is taken off. Yeah, that's shaping up, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we're doing that, is that in June the 26th and 27th or something? We're up there. Yeah, something like that. And uh, so you want to get on to that. It's going to be a big weekend. There's the dog. The dog never barks anymore. And there he is. He's out there doing it. Good old Bluey. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 25th to the 27th of June, we will be um, we will be brought up. Uh, broadcasting the podcast from Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, but a lot better than that. We're having our own miniature four-wheel drive show and shine. So if anyone wants to come up to that, you can certainly, there's them dogs again, you can certainly come up and uh, just get on to Blue Lagoon Beach Resort and book yourself a spot. As I turn that temperature down, but it's just warm air blowing out of that now. Um, <laughs> mate, there's a couple of exhibitors going to be there. We'll have some prizes to give away. Club 4x4 are getting involved. Yep. As are OCAM 4x4 accessories, which is great. And uh, the boys from OCAM, um, I think, are booking a few cabins. And they're a family business, so bringing the whole family up for yeah, a weekend look, yeah. away. And, uh, mate, I'm just going to turn that off. Because yeah, that's a good just, idea. Uh, must turn that thing off. Yeah, it's shaping up to be a big one, mate. Um, so if you haven't booked yet, you probably want to jump onto that pretty quickly because I'm tipping that the park's going to book out. Oh, mate, absolutely. So there'll be a designated area for some exhibitors and then there'll be another area for where people can display on for the day. You'll just bring their four-wheel drive in. There'll be a small fee of about 10 bucks, which will donate to Beyond Blue uh, via Beyond the Bitumen. And then um, in another area on the beach, the combi keg set up, the firing... Happy We've got days. my mate Wilco, Dave Wilkins, who's performed with everybody from Russell Crowe to Shannon Noel, Wendy Matthews, Lee Kernigan. He'll be singing around the fire. Magnificent. Which will be uh, sensational. And now it won't turn off this aircon. Not go. an aircon, man. There we go. Um, so he'll be performing around the fire. We'll have beers. We've got Southern Smoke Food Truck. Yep. Which is, mate, unbelievable. You serve some brisket and all that sort of He'll good stuff. A lot, burgers, chips, all that stuff. All, oh, mate, his ribs are unbelievable. Oh, lovely. So, uh, mate, Southern Smoke, he'll be there with the food truck. And now, uh, like we say, we'll have um, Club 4x4 are going to bring those simulators. Yep. And uh, a bit of fun, a few giveaways. We might even have a bit of merchandise there as well. 
and uh, it'll be a big weekend. So basically, um, from the 25th to the 27th of June, Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, you can just Google that, Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, Bado Bay, book yourself a spot and bring your four-wheel drive and everyone's in it to win it and then we'll have a bit of a weekend. And I think, mate, I'm led to believe she's filling up fast. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a hoot, mate. It's People must like us. Crazy. Who'd want to hang around us on a weekend? Oh, they'll figure it out pretty quick, mate. I'll work it out real <laughs> fast. Bugger doing that again. Anyway, so if you want to do that, June 25th to the 27th and uh, get on to Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, Bad Bay, book yourself a spot for the Duck and Rico's weekend and uh, it'll be a show and shine because, as you know, on a lot of four-wheel drive, little four-wheel drive shows, all the best four-wheel drives are parked out in the car park. So we want you to bring it in, show us your setup. That's it, and it doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's a big four wheel drive, little four wheel drive, a rock crawl, or a tourer. Yeah, your daily Anything. driver, bring it along. Bring it along. We'll have a look. We'll check them out. We love them all. We'll all be just walking around talking shit basically all weekend, yeah. especially on the Saturday night. That's what we do best. And combi keg, we'll have all these beers and cocktails on tap, and your cider probably. Happy days. I need to talk to Rod Bailey about that. But it'll be a uh, it'll be a cracking weekend, and there's also going to be some other things going on as well as a jumping castle for kids. We've got a face painter, like airbrush tattoos and Look all sorts of stuff happening. It'll be Activity Plus. Yeah, so bring the kids. So it's going to be a, a great a great weekend up there, June 25, or from the 25th to the 27th. We'll probably all pack up about lunchtime Sunday. Yep. And we'll probably be well and truly done then. I'll be up, I'll be there probably on the Thursday, get myself primed, and, uh, <laughs> and then we'll get ready for it. So it should be a pretty big weekend. Start so lining the stomach. Get on to that. Come camping with us. So, uh, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. You can just go to the email, bluecollarmedia.com.au, and click on the email button there and uh, say good day. And if there's something you want us to talk about on the podcast, we'll do it. But uh, I just thought through the week, when I saw that, I, I thought we'd mention that Cape York stuff because um, there'll be a lot of people this year, mate, heading to the Cape. Yeah, I reckon there will be, mate. Last year was be. off. It's going to be a very, very busy time up there, and uh, mm. I encourage everyone who's going to take plenty of money with you and spend it at places like the Croc Tent and Loyalty Beach and yes. all those magnificent places you come across. Into the roadhouses and get into it. Yeah, Musgrave's right. always good. I got caught yep. there one night watching the footy. Yeah, Archer River Roadhouse is a cracker. Yeah, good spots up there, mate. So anyone wants to head up there, uh, get yourself ready for it. But I reckon you're going to be busy because last year there was so many people. I mean, you know yourself, people usually plan a long way out for the Cape. So when last year all those people that were planning to go didn't go, so you'd have to think 80% of them will make the effort this year. Oh, for sure. But then there's going to be a lot of people who were already planning to go this year. Then you've got people who have never done anything before and go, I want to go there. Yep. So it should be full noise. Yeah, absolutely. And don't let that put you off if you're planning on going because uh, it always makes for great vibe around the campsites and all yep. that sort of stuff. Everyone's up there for the same reason, so... Yeah, or Should be a, good fun. Hang about and go in October, which was Rico's recommendation. Water crossings are a bit easier. and Yeah, that's right. Especially if you're a first-timer, that's, uh, that's the red-hot tip. The tracks could be a bit chopped up. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's probably easier to contend with that. There's than no maintenance on the telegraph track at all, eh, except by the four-wheel drivers. Absolutely none whatsoever. Yeah, she's just done by the four-wheel drivers. So we yeah. need someone who's going up there to fix that little bridge. Yeah, yeah, that'd be handy, wouldn't it? Yeah, I reckon somebody will. I'm sure they will. It's like yeah. the time the uh, the sign went missing at the tip. Yeah. Some young blokes from around here, actually, yeah. made the sign that's there. Is that right? Uh, yeah. And took it up there and put yeah, it Yeah, some four-wheel drive club guys that I used to do, do yep. a fair bit of driving with, yep. young blokes, and uh, yeah, they, they went out of their way to make it and go up there and, and put it in. Yeah. Uh, I know you're gonna do, you've got a bit of a history piece you want to do today as well, but um, Mate, what are your thoughts? Four-wheel drive parks, mate, they're popping up all over the place. I notice that more stations and 
farms and properties now are putting up their properties for camping. But you're a fan of the four-wheel drive parks, aren't you? There's oh, a couple I love around. four-wheel drive parks. I mean, you've got that big one in Brisbane, Land Cruiser Park. Yep. But there's a couple around here. There's one not far from here. Your mate TJ, he's on yeah, the Putty T- Road. TJ's up there on the Putty Road. That's a ripper. You've got uh, Bylong Creek, another couple of hours away. Yep. Uh, over there in the beautiful Bylong Valley, sort yeah. of out west of uh, Lithgow and that sort of area. Yep. There's not that many around the Sydney region. No, isn't there one further out west too from here? I think the people don't live far from me either. There's another yeah, one Yeah, there's west. Central, Central West four-wheel yeah. drive park out yeah, between Mudgee so and Hill End. That's a yeah, cracker yeah, as well. They just, uh, they just seem to be um, popping up. And I noticed that um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a group called Hill Camp. And uh, I noticed they've got a lot of new camp spots on private property popping up. So it is good. Yep. And with COVID and the fact that a lot of people are camping, it's good that there's access to some more places for more yeah. people to head to. Well, they're, they're the sort of places that suffered during COVID as well last mm. year. So, mm. you know, if you're, if you're thinking about getting away at some point, why not, you know, put a bit of thought into planning a trip to a four-wheel drive park or if you go up to northern New South Wales, southern Queensland, you mm. could make a, a trip of it and visit a few different ones. Yeah, that's it, There's mate. quite a few up that app region. You've got the Springs and Levuka, yep. Land Cruiser Mountain Park that you mentioned earlier, yeah. Gordon Country. Yep. There's a whole bunch of them up there. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So um, I know that uh, I know you're a bit of a fan. You've been to a couple of them. So uh, I've never been to a four-wheel drive park. Oh, really? Oh, yes, I have. Sorry, I have. I went to Eagle View in South Australia. Okay. Went down there with Ronnie Dale. Yeah, and, haven't and been to that one. Ronnie Dale and uh, Chris Woods, we went down and had a couple of nights on the drink and did some filming and drove around. Mate, it's an unbelievable place. Some of my favourite ones are the ones that, as you mentioned earlier, are stations that have diversified their business and opened it up to four-wheel drivers. Yeah, not just camping, but four-wheel drive Absolutely. tracks as well. Yeah, there is a few, especially in the Flinders. One of the all-time crackers is in the Flinders called Murnamora. Yeah. You can actually drive up the side of Wilpena Pound. Yeah, right. Because they own that property all the way to the top What's of the What's that property with Skytrek on it? Um, well, that's a property, isn't it? That's yeah, it is. That's a uh, where's Vic Woodman when you need him? Yeah, yeah. He's always running tours in there. It's Michelle Reynolds and and her gang that that run that, and they yeah. do a fantastic well, I met them job. Down at the Adelaide Four Wheel Drive Show. A couple yeah, of years amazing ago. property, great people. Yep, really hospitable. Uh, love it there. Skytrack is just magic. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Some yep. of the best views in the Flinders. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed too that um, a couple of the Four Wheel Drive shows are back on, and the Expos. There's a couple on. There's one last weekend, I think, up in Cairns. Yep, and then there's Mackay. I think is the next one. Then Townsville or yeah, one of the other. There's a big caravan and camping one down in Victoria. There's one on the Hunter Valley. This week again at Maitland. I think the Hunter Valley. There's one in uh, the 21st. Is it? I think of June. Yep. Um, of oh, sorry of May. I think this month, the Hunter Valley. You want to look that up while we're talking about? It. You think we'd do a bit of research, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's good to see that. The, it's good to see that the shows are uh, the back on again. And, um, no, you can't rush these things, mate. Yeah, but I, I know I think it's the twenty first Maitland. I think it's the uh, Hunter Valley Four Wheel Drive Show and Expo or something happening up there. And uh, I think I'm going up there to go and hang around with the boys from Ocam uh, for the weekend. So that'll be all right. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, the twenty first of May to the twenty third of May. Yep. Yep. Twenty first of May. So there you go. So that's only what next week. Yeah, not too far away at all. Yeah, next weekend. So. Um, happy days. So I think I'm popping up to that one. I love the four-wheel drive shows and the caravan and camping shows. Oh, mate, I think most people do. I think what it does, it gets them in the mood, gets them ready. and Yeah, new ideas. That's what I like around, going for. You know, Seeing what's new. Get your knickknacks, your show specials. It's always a show special. Now, you've been doing some stuff with Easy Trail. Yeah. What's been happening there, mate? Because they've been busy. You're just uh, working with them now, which is yeah, good. Mate. They've been around a while, haven't they? Yeah, 
worked with those guys for a long time before and we're doing a little series called Rico's Easy Tips where I get to share tips and tricks and hints and hacks and things that I've picked up from, from towing these things all over the place yep. for ages and ages to, you know, just about every trailer in the range to mm. every imaginable terrain you can think of. Yep. You learn a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were you were doing some stuff with them for a long time, like on on the television show. Yeah, that's right. And and sort of behind the scenes, we were involved in the R and D side of things mm. as well. Because uh, obviously, we're putting these things to the test mm. in ways that average people probably don't. So we would we would find weaknesses and things like that, report back, and they go and yeah, fix we'll them fix up. That. Yeah, we'll yeah, fix that and, and make it better. Yeah, why not? That's the go. And uh, so you're doing some stuff with them, which is fantastic. So if people want to see that, where can they see some of those videos? Or they're not up yet, or uh, no, they they would have just started going up last week. So probably quickest and easiest place would be to go to the Facebook page for Easy Trail. Yeah. So go there and give that a like or a follow these days. I don't have likes on Facebook anymore. It's all follows now. Followers. Disciples. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah. Uh, also their YouTube channel. So yeah, go right, there and okay. subscribe to that and hit the bell icon. So, so what's it called? Uh, Rico's Easy Tips. Rico's Easy Tips. Yep. It's a good name. Rolls off the tongue. How good is that? <laughs> So look out for that, Rico's Easy Tips. Now, your program, Rediscovered, Australia Rediscovered with Rico, that's not far off landing on YouTube, so we should tell people to jump onto that YouTube channel. Yes, please. And subscribe to that now because uh, it's only, what, another couple of weeks, really, but June. Yeah, I sent you a little uh, little teaser earlier today. I don't know you the haven't looked at that yet. So. The trailer. No, not the trailer. This is actually the first segment of the first episode. Yeah? So that's in your inbox right yeah, now. Yeah, right, Go and okay. have a look at that when I you get the opportunity. I will. I'll check that out. And, uh, mate, have you got one of those blokes? What you need? I've got a mate of mine who does um, a lot of voiceover work, and he does a lot of stuff for – like, he's one of the best in the country. Yeah. Right, and he does a lot of stuff for overseas, and he does the the event of the year. <laughs> he does that stuff. You know that? You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Don't what you mean. miss the blockbuster of the summer. Rick O'Brien, exploring <laughs> Australia and just showing you how easy it's done. He does all that. We should have got him. <laughs> we should have. Hey, we should have got him. I think he charges about a dollar a word. But anyway, oh, okay. yeah, he's very, very good. And then I've got a couple of mates. I actually, I've got a mate of mine, I'd love to play one of his demos here, who would have 50 voices. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's in England at the moment, but you still hear him on a lot of commercials on radio and TV and, and stuff here. I find that intriguing, the voiceover artist. Oh, mate, he's brilliant because he does character voices as well. Oh, wow. So he's got this full range of different category of voices. And he also does like a lot of those Aussie Ocker type stuff and then he might do a similar to that other thing, you know, get in this summer or it might be, you know, for a... Harvey Norman or something. I don't think yeah, that's yeah. Harvey Norman. He's got. You wouldn't know it was the same bloke. Oh, fair dinkum. Yeah, so, lots of talent. Uh, it is very. They are very good. The best I ever seen was a bloke in the studio in the radio station one day, who had to do a bit part of a script with a female. So it was yeah, g'day love. I think we should look at some life insurance and then the female, you know, something like yep. that, right? You know those type of commercials. Yep. Anyway, so the female didn't turn up. So he said, oh, that's all right, I'll just do a bit as well. And he he's done the female voice. Fair I was stunned. He just went, what? <laughs> anyway, you would never have picked it. There's it's it's like when you good. see the cast of The Simpsons doing a piece and, yeah. and those voices come out of those people and it just doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah I know. And sometimes it's just the one person. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. Robin Williams used to do that. No, I wish I could do it. wish mm. I could do it. Jeez. So, mate, you um, – so people are planning those trips now and getting ready to get out there, which is fantastic. 
and um, I've spoke to some people who are turning that big red bash into a uh, a massive trip. And you did a um, a thing on the radio with me last week up there between Boulia and Mount Isa. Yeah, that's campground. right. Well, yeah, mate, we've had the some, Jarrah Dam. Yes, well, we've had some uh, some inquiries about that, and I've sent that through to people and a spot on Google Map where they can find it. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, people are keen. They're getting yeah, out there. she's a ripper of a spot. I've had a few emails apologising for the fact they can't get to Blue Lagoon because they'll be in the outback somewhere. Oh, terrible. So, uh, mate, fair, how good is it? So if you're out there or you're heading out there, let us know about it here. We'd love to um, to know about it and love to check it out. So Yeah, I was talking to mate yesterday. He was at the William Creek Hotel on his way up to Mount Dare and then across the Simo. Yeah. I noticed that um, Adam Harvey, who you know I do a radio show with, there's, a heap of, there's, a, there's a, going to be a heap of them. Country music artists performing out there. Yeah. The William Creek Hotel soon. Yeah, that'll be a cracking spot to go for something like that. Long way to go to watch Adam sing. Oh, I'd be happy to do it. He comes and sits in your chair there and sings here. So. But anyway, mate, you want to talk a little bit about some history stuff that we're... Uh, what have you got in mind for us for this week for that, oh, mate? I've got... What I reckon is... I think it's fair to say an unsung hero of Australian exploration... Uh, an Indigenous Australian, a bloke that uh, goes by the name of Jackie Jackie. Yep. So he was his original name, or his real name, <coughs> shouldn't say his original name, his real name is Galmara, mm. which is uh, an interesting name. And he grew up around the uh, the Jerry's Plain area up in Musselbrook. Yep. And he developed a bit of a reputation as a bit of a bushman and he was approached by a surveyor. pub's up around there too, that Jerry's Plains and Sandy Holler. Yeah, right at the top of the Hunter Valley there, some yeah. crackers. Yeah, but Hunter, beautiful. Yes, yeah, so anyway, he was approached by a surveyor called Edmund Kennedy mm. to do to join him as a guide to do some exploration up around the Cape area. Yep. Uh, so that's what he did. And uh, they went up there and unfortunately for old mate Kennedy, they ran into some very unfriendly natives mm. and he found himself getting speared to death. Yeah, right. Uh, and there were a few others in the party as well. And this is obviously a very condensed version of the story, but, but Jackie Jackie, he ran something like 40-odd kilometres back to the nearest camp mm. to get help to come and get the rest of the blokes out, mm. uh, which in time they did. Mm. So they say his action saved quite a few people. Yep. And and he was very generously rewarded for his chivalry. Mm. Um, and there's stories like that with Indigenous Australians back in those days mm. uh, that, you know, were very loyal, very hardworking, mm. outrageously intelligent people mm. that oh. just they don't get... The, the credit they deserve. Well, I'm, going the to tell you something that, I'm going to tell you something that I learned. You always learn stuff, right? Now, I've got a mate, Matt Scullion, who is a country music singer. He's also a songwriter. He's written songs for Cole Chisel and Lee Kernigan and worked on with our songs with Adam Harvey and the like. And he's, he's got an, a new album coming out in June called Aussie As Volume 2. Aussie As is a great album. Yep. And he's currently driving around... Australia with a van on it. He's got about 70 vans in tow at the moment behind him. Wow. Um, doing a bit of a tag along. And they get to Alice Springs, they all disperse. But he keeps going. He goes to Darwin, then across to WA, across down the coast, performing in pubs, caravan parks, town halls and all this. And the single off the album is called 1868. Now, in 1868, it was the time the first Australian cricket team went to England. Right. Right. So you think, yeah, okay. Yeah. Every player was Indigenous. Yeah, wow. Did you know that? No. That the first Australian cricket team were in, were an Indigenous side. 
Wow. And I only learnt that by talking to Matt Scullion about it. Yep. And I don't think many people would know that. And how'd they go? I've got no idea how they went. I should have asked him that. <laughs> but, I, I, I mean, people wouldn't know that. I mean, I, you, people think, for obvious reasons, when they think back about the cricket and a, a cricket history, I know we're wandering again. You think Donald Bradman and all those blokes yeah. around that time. But, but way before him. Yeah, the long very time before fir- The very first Australian cricket team were an Indigenous side. There you go, eh? So there you go. I, mate, I've I got to tell you, I did not know that. So so he, sang, he sings a song about that. He wrote a song about it and tells the story in a song. So look out for that album, um, Aussie Az Volume 2. Aussie Az is a great album, the first one. What's the bloke's name again? Matt Scullion. Matt Scullion. Yeah, you need to get hold of it. Yeah, mate. I'm going to look that one up. Yeah, it's a fantastic, um, it's a fantastic album. Very, very Australian. And very real. And the song Ozzy has, you just listen to that and think, geez, how real is that? You know? yeah. and oh, mate, I know the song, actually. I yeah, do know so the song. So he, he is um, currently driving around. It's calling Shaz a Shaz. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so he, he's, he's um, currently driving around with his van on the back and touring. And uh, plenty of music artists, country music artists are doing that at the moment. Becky Cole, Catherine Britt's doing a pub thing. Yep. And uh, here you go, you've got Matt doing this. And... Uh, Oh, and I remember I bumped into him last year in a caravan park in Catherine. I went, mate, what's going on? You know, like, he says, oh, mate, I'm performing here. Because when I got this, I've got live entertainment tonight. And I thought, oh, yeah, that'll be good. It was Matt Scullion. Happy days. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. But I know we do wander. So you, but you were talking about the... Um, Jackie, the con- Jackie. The contributions that, that our Indigenous um, people back then made that, you know, sometimes they don't get that recognition for. And no, that's right. Well, Jackie Jackie actually went on to become, back in those days, certainly not now, but back in those days, it became a bit of a slang term. Um, so white Australians would use it as a term just for an, an Aboriginal person in general. Mm. Basically, it's a it's a way of deriding them by just taking away their identity and calling them all Jackie Jackie, mm. which is obviously a horrible thing to do. Mm. And then Indigenous Australians would use it to refer to an, to an Aboriginal who they felt had lost their identity. Yeah, right. So it sort of went both ways. Yeah, right, okay. Um, you know, but he became quite famous as a result. In 1851, the governor of New South Wales gave him, as a, a thank you, a breastplate made yeah. out of pure silver with yeah. some engravings on there saying for your heroic deeds, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And also a bank account with £50 in it, which yeah, right. was a lot of money back oh, then. Oh, he would have been flying. Well, you know what? He never touched the account. And uh, a year later, or a couple of years later, he... Basically died after getting drunk and falling in a camp for. Are you joking? No. With fifty in the With bank 50 plus quid interest. In the bank. Yep. Plus interest. Yeah. Well, two or three years. So he was interest. originally from the Upper Hunter. He was from the Upper Hunter, yeah, and he died in Albury. Yeah. Right. Okay. After passing out in the campfire, I think we've all come close to that in the past. But yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> but that was that was yourself. I've you know, see me. I'm a, Oh, I passed out in front of a campfire. Yeah, yeah. I passed out and plunder in front of a campfire. Yeah, in a chair, you know, wake up. But they were selling lithographs of him and everything. That's, yeah, that's right. how much of a, a celeb he became at the time for what he'd done. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad, is but it? But it's a shame that, that he's not celebrated like Burke and Wills and mm. Sturt and Stewart and, mm. you know, Leichhardt and all the other household names. Mm. No, that's right. And that's the thing about your program that you're doing. You're bringing these stories, um, to, you know, to people's attention. Yeah, well, that's the idea. You know, you know, Australia rediscovered. I mean, and that's exactly what it is. You're rediscovering these things. You're going out there to these places where these people lived and travelled, 
in following in their footsteps to to basically give everybody a big history lesson. Yeah, that's right. Well, a lot of the great explorers would would not have made it as far as they did, or or even survived if it were not for the help of the Indigenous Australians mm. that, that yep. either went along as guides or, or yep. guys that they encountered along the way. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. So look forward to that. It's going to be a good series. I'll, I'll check that thing out. You've sent me that uh, the trailer. <laughs> I'll check that out. So, mate, the, um, so you've still got a bit of filming to do. Where to next? It's not too far from here, is it? You mate, I'm still deciding. So I've got three episodes I still need to film. Yep. Um, you know, I really want to find a good war story. Yeah, right, okay. There's a, there's plenty of them out there. Mm. It's just going to come down to whether or not we've got the budget to go as far as I'd like to go because mm. a lot of the good stuff's up in sort of northern Queensland way. Yeah, right. You know, you, you know I mean, it's all about history. You know, there's a lot of history in this area where we're sitting today. Oh, 100%. My I mean, family goes back to the 1850s in, in Windsor. Yeah. You go to the St. Matthews there, you'll find yeah. a whole bunch of O'Briens. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so, well, mate, it's um, it's incredible. I mean, you, you've only got to go into town and see the old convict stone gutters and things yeah, that are still right. there today. And, well, I go to know, the Macquarie Arms all the time Australia's, to check out the history. Australia's oldest pub. Well, there's a bit of con- bit of uh, argument about that, but I'm pretty sure it is Austra- it's Australia's first... Licensed premises, yep. As it was a barracks for the troops, for the troopers. What were they called? The um, the soldiers. Uh, back then, oh, what were they called? Just we've had a memory block here. Yeah, no. Called the You're podcast. Struggling now. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that, so that was basically it. And then, like Australia's oldest churches, the corpse. They were the corpse. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The Rum Court, yeah, that's right. Well, they've got the old Rum Court barracks. They've got the Rum Court barracks there in the winter as well. well it's really, I think it's Crown now. Yeah, it's, it's modernised. It's gone from the Rome Court barracks to a Siebel or something like that, or a I, think crown I think it's a crown. Okay. crown. But you, you have Australia's oldest church, and you get out around some of those pubs, like at St Albans, and look at oh, some of the history around well. Wiseman's Ferry. I mean, there's a, you'll find some stories out there. Yeah, too right. You jag the right bloke to talk to out there, and find someone and tell some stories, and and um, get some. There'd be a lot. Of, the history on the Hawkesbury River would be incredible. You know, the fact that. I saw it. I saw it. It wasn't a documentary. It was a movie where it was about the bloke who first travelled up the Hawkesbury in a boat and settled on the river. Yep. And um, he had a lot of dramas. It was. I can't remember the name of the show. It was a few years ago. I watched it. It was a, a series. It was a few episodes to it. But he was the first bloke. He, he sailed. He basically hopped in a boat, rowed, and um, out of Sydney Cove up back in at Palm Beach there. Yep. And he and the mouth of the steel Hawkesbury. into the Hawkesbury. Wow! And uh, and settled, but they, um, if you look at that, the, they brought a lot of produce and all the supplies up river to Windsor. Yeah. And the, the tunnels you talk about the Macquarie Arms. I've been lucky enough because I've drank there as, you, as you'd expect, probably too many times. But I've been lucky enough to be taken downstairs into the cellar, and beyond. And there are tunnels down there that go to the river. Yep. Where they used to run the rum. It's quite a, it's quite interesting to go down the underneath the Macquarie Arms. Oh, that's right. That's where the Rum Rebellion was born, wasn't it? Well, mate, and let me tell you, there's yeah, between an old there and an old morgue down there. Yep. That they've got the the steel iron rings mounted into the concrete wall where they used to chain up the convicts. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, Love it's to still see that. there. Still there. Wow. Yeah, you probably need to get on and get onto the bloke, and we can get you down there. That'd be an interesting yeah. story right there. You haven't got to travel far, mate. Yeah, well, that's sounds like fun, but uh, yeah, certainly the history just there is um, unbelievable. And they reckon that the night you can hear some weird noises in that pub. Oh, I'm sure you can. I don't know if I believe believe in that ghosts. <laughs> oh, look, I'd love to believe. 
Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm obviously pretty sceptical. But I'd, I'd love to see something. Well, you know the thing believe. about ghosts, right? Now, I know we're just talking shit now, right? But let me tell you about ghosts. Whenever anyone sees a ghost, it's either a little girl in a white dress, yep, or a lady, grand lady, you know, like a Mount Victoria type style. You don't, you don't see any ghosts in blue singlets and stubbies. <laughs> no, you or don't. wearing a footy jersey. Has anyone ever seen a ghost? Look, if you have, let me know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's, always – when people see point, ghosts, they're always dressed in white, right? Yep. And they're from hundreds of years ago. So where are the ghosts from, say, 10 years ago – with a bloke with a VB singlet on and a pair of stubbies. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thongs. point, isn't it? No, it was, I've never seen one say, mate, I just saw a ghost. He was wearing a Parramatta jersey. It's never occurred to me. Well, there you go. I'm a thinker, mate. Yeah, you probably find a few in Tigers jerseys. They neck themselves <laughs> after watching the Tigers. Yeah. No, well, anyway, um, anyway, the um, – so there you go. So I'm not sure whether I believe in them or not. No, but going back to that stuff um, in the in the bottom of the pub, yep. sort of a little bit off topic, but what we found with our travels while doing this show is going to the little regional um, museums mm-hmm. where these stories are told. So, you know, for argument's sake, doing some stuff on Captain Thunderbolt and you go to yep. where he plied his trade. Mm-hmm. And there'll be little regional museums with bits and pieces on those sort of blokes. And I love mm. that stuff. Those, mm. those places mm. are just full of amazing stories. Mm. Just amazing stories. And a great one at Windsor as well. Mm. Cracker of a museum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that is. That's, only, that's actually not that old, that museum. They built the new one there and it's pretty yeah. popular. Yeah, so there you go. But that's, that's the thing I like about travelling in regional Australia is you pull up and... For a start, they they took a lot more care when they built country towns in the old and buildings everywhere. Really, when they built buildings, I mean these days, when you look at some of the concrete work and the design and the architecture in grand old buildings, it's just it's amazing what they did with the equipment that they had. Oh, it boggles the mind. Yeah, you know when you see the designs and the way the concrete rendering and. Big sandstone blocks. They just do all that. Where these days it's just bang, 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 cranes and crap, and they just build. You know, but when you go into these old country towns, you see that history because of that. I mean, I know in June in New South Wales, if you ever go there, check out the railway station. Yep, it is unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Just this amazing, and I think there's only freight trains run through there now. I'm not sure what happens. There's still trains to go through there. Yeah, there is. I guess there yeah. would be passenger trains, but no, they had the steam trains running there but a few the, weeks ago. But the um, the train station at Junee is just amazing. Yeah, a crew chief comes from Junee. Yeah, it's just incredible. Yeah, right. Okay, it's incredible. And I mean, when and that's the thing I like about country towns. You see these grand buildings that have been there for a hundred years, and basically. Still standing, still look beautiful, but you'll always find history in country towns, won't you? Oh, a hundred percent. And like I say, I encourage people to go and check out those little regional museums when you go through those yeah. places. They're just yeah, it's it, amazing. And, and bookstores is the other one. I what, love in those places. Yeah. What makes me a little bit sad is when you go through towns and shops are boarded up, and yeah, it's a real shame. Yeah. The fact that you know towns that were full of life once and. You know, basically, had a community of it, all of its own, and just down to a few houses on the fringe of town. Yeah, like Lee the Creek. Old, yeah, 
Oh, Lee Creek, that is incredible. Yeah. Lee Creek is just, that's a modern day version. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Modern, that's a modern day version of a ghost town. Yep, very much so. Yeah. I mean, when I was there, you drive, it's like driving around a suburb of all these, like, demountable houses with lawns and gardens and driveways, and there's nobody. There's no one there. Every house in the street and every street are empty. Yeah. And there was a pub with two people working in it that was a huge tavern. (laughs) You could imagine some of the biggest nights in the world would have been happening there. Oh, for sure. And there's just no one there. Caravan park, one bloke running that. No caravans, no... Just, just unbelievable. Yet the best phone service ever, <laughs> because of the fact that the mines were there and they put in the the, the infrastructure, infrastructure. Yeah, and the phone service works uh, brilliantly there. And not a far, not a long drive from there down to that bakery at Farina too. Yeah, that's right. Hey, good campground there too, mate. Oh, I loved it. You loved like the, it. You've been to the underground bakery there, yeah. Farina. How good is it? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is good. It is good how they do that, and that's all run by volunteers. And I noticed yeah. I'll be up there in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, well that yeah. the uh, the. The one thing I liked about that area, okay, and like we say, Lee Creek is like a modern-day ghost town. Mm-hmm. The other two places that stand out for me like that, one is the Mary Kathleen. Yep. You've been in there? No, I haven't. The Mary Kathleen was a uranium mine, yep. obviously, anyway. So when you go into there, and you, obviously if you're listening to this and you go up there, don't try and find the water and go swimming. You will glow in the dark. <laughs> but in Mary Kathleen, in the township, everything's gone. But the driveways on the, all the house slabs are still there. Yep. Right? The community pool, the public pool, it's just there full of tree branches and no water and a community, you know, tennis court. There was once a thriving population yeah. living there, making a living, and just gone. Now it's just grey nomads and people looking for somewhere to camp that's a bit different overnight and just pull in there anywhere and stop just south of Mount Isa. The Mary Cat- Mary Kathleen. So, I love ghost towns. Ghost yeah, so, towns are great. But the other one that I was going, to, which we just touched on, I wanted to mention, was Farina. When you're in those buildings in Farina, which is basically they're trying to sort of half probably restore that with volunteers. Yep. So when it's volunteers, it's all donations and it's hard going. So you got to give them hundred out of a hundred for their passion. But when you stand in a building and there's a plaque on the wall that says this building was built in such and such. It's over in it during its life. It was a school, it was the post office. And you think, and you're standing in this room, there's an old fireplace. You see, it was you know, people sitting around this fireplace keeping warm. And yeah, just absolutely. All gone. There's these, the roof's gone, it's just ruins. Have you ever been to the Dalhousie ruins? No, that's a corker. Oh, yeah, that's right. right on the edge of the desert, and it's the same sort of deal. Yeah, you know, you've got these places, and they've got the, the information board there on the yeah. people that live there. And yeah, that's right. How tough would that have been? I just think it's the people that lived in those days, especially out there, especially at places like Dalhousie and like Farina, like in summer. Yeah. Oh, killer. No aircon. Killer. No, just, out, oh, mate, just frying. It just yeah. want to get around 50 out there. Hard work to get your order. Everything's hard. And then they the built a railway station, I think. Is there a railway station at Maori? They built a railway. Yeah, the, there is at Maori. Yeah, yeah that's right a, out the front of the pub. Yeah, okay. So, I, and I think from memory, that's what basically was the the start of the demise of Farina. Yep. Because the rail the rail was there, and well, what are we doing here? You know, and then bit by bit, people just moved out, moved out, and then the place just went to ruins. It's amazing the amount of ruins in South Australia around that area as you drive along the highway. Yeah, up around Paratyrin Island. Yeah, you see that. You know, all, you just, all of a sudden, you just come across this half a house. Yep. 
or a fireplace. They make a great photo. I like, yeah, mate, Ruthie. And he's on a couple of acres up there where he is. So Ruthie built a fireplace out of ruins. Oh, wow. In his backyard. So he was like, his backyard, he just had this fireplace, right? And that, which was good, just this old brick, you know, sand brick or whatever it is, fireplace, yep. which was good just out the back paddock. Then he slowly built around it. Okay. <laughs> so the fireplace, I'm pretty sure, that's the story he tells me, the fireplace started first and then he built the shed around it and now it's like his own little... Pub, an outback pub, yeah. Little pub, like the similar, like, well, a bit different than the one I've got out the back. I've got a little outback pub out the back myself. But, um, well, not really, but a bar. But, uh, mate, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's I awesome. I reckon it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, and I've had a beer in there. But uh, it all started with the fireplace. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he wanted it. I think he used it for, like, you know, photo shoots and things. Yeah. And then thought, you know what? I'm sick of getting wet when it's raining, drinking around in front of this fire, but I've got a roof up. <laughs> a roof up. Mm. So, uh, oh man, Ruthie, we should get him on the podcast. Yeah, we day. should catch up with him, see what he's up to. He's uh, out and about testing motorbikes these days and writing columns about that. And yeah, he's been that. doing that for a long time. He loves it, mate. He does love it. So, um, anyway, well, like we say, if you want to get involved with the art podcast, and if, if you've seen a ghost walking around in a blue singlet and a pair of stubbies <laughs> or a flannelette shirt, or even just normal clothes, well, you've got a favourite ghost town. I'd love to hear about that. Mate, ghost towns, they're, they're, I love ghost towns. Same. Yeah, what's your favourite ghost town? Your Andrew's pretty special. Yep. That's a great one. So yep. that's an old silver mining town. Uh, yep. World War One came up mm. and everyone left and never came back. Yep. Um, some other great ones at Surround Mining. There's obviously Hill End. Yeah. That's a cracker. Yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. And you can go to some of these ghost towns and I think there's a – there's a book. I think I might have a copy of it here somewhere. Australian ghost towns. Yeah, and, and while while this one's not a town, the old homestead at Laura up yeah. at the Cape, that's a ripper as well. Yep, you get a yep. real feel for how people lived up there. Yeah, well, you talk about. I think we might have mentioned it last week. Dunlop Station. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is a bit like that. And Trilby have got the the abandoned homestead on the yeah. property up there as well. That's that's a real time capsule. Yeah, they just walked out and left it. They just left everything there. There's, there's a great big book on the. On the kitchen table called the Book of Knowledge. Mm. It'd have to be two two and a half thousand pages. The thing's mm. mass- absolutely massive. There's a newspaper there from 1984, from the day they walked out. Yeah, the old Caro heater that we sat around as kids. They got yeah. one of those there. There's even cars in the shed. Yeah, it's amazing. It is incredible. The old Caro heaters. Yeah, weren't they the go? <laughs> eh? They got a bit more than the Chevron Caro heater from Woolworths. No, uh, we we had a Woolworths one, I think. <laughs> Yeah, Caro heater. Well, mate, once upon a time, you used to get Caro at the Bowser. Yeah, that's right. The petrol station. Yep. No, you don't see anyone using kerosene anymore. No. It's a good thing for getting oil stains out of concrete. I know that. <laughs> Seriously. Can you still get Caro? I, I don't know. I, I, can. I, I don't reckon you can. Oh, I think you can get it in bottles of Bunnings and stuff, but not at a Bowser. People used to put the pot of water. I've got an old Caro heater down the back shed, which looks like an old potbelly stove. The thing it had, I bought it at a at one of those junk auctions. And uh, the things, I can't remember what I paid for it, but I, I thought, have a good this. Anyway, so, anyway, what happened, when you got the thing going, it had a little, like not red cellophane, but like red perspex in the front door of it, which was a fake door sort of thing. But it looked like it was, fl- once the flame was on inside of it, this red piece on the front door would light up. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was like one of the very first model kerosene heaters. 
Anyway, I've got it down the, there in the back shed there. Still works. I love those, you said pot bellies, the old steel yeah, pot Yeah, I've got one in that shed there behind your head there. Oh, I love the ones that you come across in old shearers' quarters and stuff like that when you yeah. go to old stations. Yeah, there. well, a mate of mine gave me that one I've got down the shed. That works. We light her up every now and again. Yep. Yeah, it's coming belly. up to that time of year now. Yeah, only when we're in that shed. We don't spend a lot that much time in there now, but we used to a fair bit. I'm thinking about taking it out and maybe relocating it near the bar. Okay, yeah, yeah well, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's an old... Um, yeah, an old pop belly, cast iron pop belly stove. Yeah, oh, they they throw the heat out. Oh, mate, unbelievable! You can throw a camp oven on top of them; they do the job. And yeah, yeah, they're good. But um, I was talking about the caro heaters. People used to put a pot of water on top of them to try and get rid of the smell <laughs> of the caro. Yeah, I reckon if I smelt that now, it'd take me right back to my childhood. Oh, mate! Well, I think everyone. I reckon everyone had a caro heater. Yeah, my kids wouldn't even know what a caro heater was. No, they'd neither would. Look at me with a blank look on their face. Either would mine. Uh, the old kerosene heater. And, uh, I've got to tell you now, that they they didn't go out of fashion all that not that long ago, really. Oh, it was probably late 20, 80s. 25 years ago. Late 80s, 30s. early 90s, yeah. Yeah, the old caro heater. There you go. All right, mate. So uh, you've got that coming up, and um, which is good. Like we said, if you've got somewhere out there that you want to uh, tell us about or a place or a camping location, let us know about it. Like I said, that campground you spoke about on the radio show last week was a beauty. Yeah, Dajara Dam, just yeah. out of Boulia there between, or closer to Mount Isa than Boulia, but yeah, but still, a bit I mean, over halfway. you've got, uh, I actually, when I looked it up, because, um, like I said, we had a couple of inquiries about it, and a little township there, a little police station there as yep. well, and um, a great little spot, so out there, that's typical outback Queensland out there, isn't it? Yeah, very much so, mate, very yeah. much so. So if you're going there, take take a yabby net with you, mm. you'll get a feed. Mm. Don't camp too close to the water, because the cows will come in, Mm. And they'll do their business all right in front of your campsite. That's yeah, the last right. thing you want to be waking up to is a nice little steamer. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, mate, no dramas. Well, um, just a reminder too, our weekend is on June 25th to the 27th at Blue Lagoon Beach Resort. You can come camping with uh, me and Rico and we'll have entertainment around the fire as well as um, the combi keg. Yep. The food truck. Happy days. And we are raising money as Show well. And shine. We are going to raise some money for Beyond Blue. Yep. And we'll do that probably via Beyond the Bitumen, a great cause, close to our hearts. I know it's certainly close to yours. So we certainly will, um, we like to support Beyond Blue as much as we can. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can't raise some money for Beyond Blue while we're there for that weekend. We've got jumping castles, we've got airbrush tattooists and all sorts of things. You're going to get a tattoo, mate? I've already got a couple. They're not done with airbrush tattoo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that June 25th to the 27th. Come camping with us. Just another thing too, a bit self-indulgent, if you want to buy some of our Blue Collar Media merchandise, we're about to bring out some more Uluru shirts. We'll let you know about those. But you just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on Shop and you can check out our caps and blue singlets. Yep. And you've also got another event coming up that you're going to be emceeing to help some of the uh, the flood victims. Yes, that's right. I should mention that. That's yeah, on. That's, that's a corker. That's going to be huge. We have uh, headed, headline act Shannon Knoll. Yeah. Dragon, the Eurogliders, Thirsty Merc, a stack of others, a tribute to mental as anything, or to, yep. to Greedy Smith. The Greedy. All happening to raise money for the uh, people that were affected by the floods in the Hawkesbury. If you want to come along to that, it's easy. You just go to dinnerbytheriver.com.au. That's dinnerbytheriver.com.au, buy your ticket. It's going to be a huge event, concert there at Governor Philip Park at Windsor, 
And uh, I remember seeing that along with Ian Dicko Dixon. Remember him? Yeah, from Australian Idol. That's him. The nasty and, judge. Yeah, he doesn't like that now because his kids are growing up and they YouTube him. And <laughs> he said, geez, I was an arsehole. Everyone's got to be said, good what, at what something. Do, what do you mean was? Anyway, so no, he's a good place. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dicko. He's a good mate of mine, so he's all right. But, uh, yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be involved in that. And that, of course, all monies will be hand, all profits. Uh, because the good thing about this event is that with all the artists that we have there, they're all going to get paid. Yep. Because they all had a shit year last year because of COVID. Yeah. So, and but do you know what? As typical Aussie style, some of them have offered to play for free. We said, no, certainly not. Uh, but most of them are playing a bit cheaper, so to try and raise money. But 100% of the profits, and we had some great sponsors, Panthers at North Richmond. Yep. Um, very, very generously donated a huge check for that. Those have the local McDonald's restaurants in the area and others. And um, 100% of the profit will be then handed to Rotary. Beautiful. And 100% of that money that we hand over will be distributed honestly and fairly. No middleman. Yep. No fees. No, let's hold on to this in case something else happens. Yeah, like we have with the fires. Exactly. There'll be none of that. Not going to name names, but... No, but there'll be none of that. That wasn't cool. No, there'll be none of that. But um, certainly uh, we'll make sure that the people who need that money will get it. So if you want to go along, there are still tickets available for that. Dinnerbytheriver.com.au. That's the website. Dinnerbytheriver.com.au. You get your ticket, get all the information you need, and it's on June 6th at Governor Phillip Park in Windsor. And basically bring your chair along, unless you buy a VIP ticket, there is seating there. And have a great afternoon and night. It'll be a beauty. Yeah, it's going to be huge. It'll be massive. It's going to be absolutely massive. And uh, like we say, Shannon Knowles, a headline act. Dragon playing will be great, as yeah. will the Eurogliders and everybody else. And there's a few names that we're still trying to secure for that, so it could even get bigger. There you go. Yeah, so I know that um, Will goes with Shannon today and they're going through some details, but we're talking to some other people as well and see so if we can get them on board and we'll just add names to it. But it's so going to be a huge, huge event for um, Windsor. Absolutely. Wilco, is, he's the guy who's going to come play along at, uh, yes. at Blue Lagoon with us. Yeah. What's his background? How does he know all these blokes? Well, he's in the music business, so... He owns a company called Utopia Management, so he's worked with. Um, he's a great, great artist himself, but he knows everybody. He just he just works in the music business. Yep. Um, he's mates with um, Russell Crowe. He was in his band. Oh, really? Thirty odd foot of grunts. Yeah. Um, he was in that band. He toured the world with Russell, writing songs and doing all that with him and and all the work. There's the uh, the dog again, and then also uh, he worked with. He's played with Lee Kernighan, obviously with Shannon Noel. He was Shannon's tour manager for a long time. Wendy Matthews. Yeah. Worked with her. He's worked with Lee Kernigan. He's worked with Adam, Adam Harvey. Uh, mate, everyone knows him. I went to a I went to a function one night, we ended up on the drink with John Stevens. Oh yeah, from Noiseworks. Yeah. And um What a voice. I said to him, I said, Yeah. I said to him, I said, you know, this bloke goes, Oh yeah, Wilco. How's he going, mate? I said, you know, it's just he's appeared he had a, he was in a in a band called Utopian Babies. There's that dog. You can hear that dog again. It's all natural here, mate. Bluey's on patrol. You, no, it's not Bluey. Oh, that one is. Yeah, so anyway. On that note, the dog's telling us to get out of the studio. But um, like we say, if you want to get to that fundraising concert, um, dinnerbytheriver.com.au. If you want to check out our merchandise and you want to buy something for yourself, bluecollarmedia.com.au. You can do that there as well. And don't forget our weekend. Up there at Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, June 25, uh, 25th to the 27th. It'll be a great weekend. Live entertainment, round the fire, 
Beers on tap thanks to Rod Bailey and Combi Keg Central Coast and Southern Smoke. Beautiful. Food truck. Matt. Ribs. Oh, I'm in. They had me at ribs. Yeah, oh, mate, his ribs. And he's got that secret sauce as well that he reckons nobody knows what it is. He won't tell you how he makes it. Okay. Anyway, all right. Just a reminder, if you want to get in touch with us or you want to suggest something for the podcast, get on to us. We just sit here. We don't really prepare for it, as you could probably work that out for yourself <laughs> and start talking shit. But we love getting out. We love travelling and we love talking about just getting out there. And that's what it's all about, Rico. Yeah, too right, mate. All right, mate. We'll do that. We'll do it again next week. Yeah, we will, and then I'll be away. Okay. All right. We might try and put a couple in the can, as they say. We might have to, mate. Yeah, I'm going out the simo. It should be terrible. <sighs> I'll be sure to drop past Farina and the Marie Hotel and Lake Air and all that good stuff. Get into that Mount Dare pub. Get up to the Mount Dare. How good is it? Over to the Birdsville pub. Yeah. Should be terrible. Just terrible. Yeah, bakery's back open. Yeah, good. Hey. Never met a pie in love. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right. Well, that's it for us for the Red Dirt Podcast. We'll, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Red Dirt Podcast. A big thank you to OKM 4x4 Accessories. And don't forget, if you're looking for anything for accessory-wise for your four-wheel drive, you go to that website, okamindustries.com.au, okamindustries.com.au. Check out their towing mirrors. The towing mirrors are unbelievable. And they've got a new range of fridges out. Very, very practical. German technology. They are run by the engines. are unbelievable. Check them out. The lid opens both ways, or you can even take it off. Beautiful. They're very practical fridges, so you need to check them out at ochemindustries.com.au. Uh, Ochem they do a dual zone fridge? They do a whole heap of stuff. I'm not sure about the dual zone. I'll have to check that out. But they've got you know, literally over a 1,000 items on there, uh, from suspension to frontal protection, lights, bull bars, nudge bars. I'll jump on and have a look. All underbody protection, heaps of electrical options as well, for your dual battery setups. They do the whole bit, snorkels, flare kits. They do absolutely everything. So check them out, ocamindustries.com.au and check out their towing mirrors. They're probably the best value towing mirrors that you will get. I'm telling you, I use them and they make no blind spots. Even when you're not towing the van, they're brilliant. Yep. You can see a car in the bottom part of the mirror right? and you, see, you can still see that car as it's going past you. You just don't lose sight of anything. So the blind spots don't are non-existent. So uh, thank you to OCAM. Also, Auto One for uh, supporting us as well. And if you need spare parts, they are, we spoke about Auto One last week. They are a fantastic organisation. And most Auto One stores, if not all of them, are owner-operators. I and mean, you drop in, drop in, get some bits. And it's old school. Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah, it is. It's very old school. That old school service, you walk in, they've always got the part you need and they've got plenty of advice uh, by people who know what they're talking about. So Yeah, well, I went in and said, I need a dual battery system that I can yep. rely on. They hooked me up with the best system I've ever had. Yep, that's it. So a big thank you to um, them and, of course, our friends at Uniden who also look after us with a lot of gear that we need. So out of Brad and the team there at Uniden, uh, thank you for your support as well. That is the Red Dirt podcast for this week. Uh, we'll be back to do another edition next week, hopefully. Yeah. We'll do not? that. All right, thanks for tuning in, folks, and we'll see you then.